You're listening to Art Root Radio, and I'm your host, artist Michelle Lockery. In my travels, I have met many, many incredible people, many artists and seers, people who are just part of watching the communities, being part of the communities. And in all of that time, the memories that I have of so many people are like a tapestry. Each one of them is a a thread that when I sit here just thinking, you know, of what that one moment in time meant when I met them or how their personality struck me as being so unique. One of those people is a man named Simon Radcliffe. Simon, when I first met him, and you'll hear in the podcast talking about when we first met because I couldn't quite remember, but it doesn't really matter because his presence always left um, a thread of laughter and humor and just that absolute love of life. That's who, to me, Simon is. He's a great storyteller. He's a great photographer. But I'm sitting here on his site as I'm introducing you to this man's talent and his ability to capture time in a way through his eyes, Simon sees. He has a poem and it says on his website, the first line of a poem written for me by my wife, Marie, on the occasion of our 25th wedding anniversary. The moments that build into our lives are elusive memories that fade too quickly. Even life events become the blurry fabric of history. Would you like to remember with more clarity? How would you like to be seen now and in the future? When you think of Simon and his beautiful wife Marie, I see this this combination of what we can strive to be. Simon's very open of his love before his wife and his photography, and I've followed that career for a very long time. Simon records time with beauty. He sees beauty. And in his camera lens, he captures that reflection of himself, his family, and his life of capturing good memories. It says, my imagery conveys who you are. I want everyone to see what Simon sees, the essence of you in this moment. I love that. What Simon sees, or what every artist sees, is so individual Yet it's how it connects us, like the mirror. If you ever take a mirror and you take it into a corner and each mirror image goes into infinity and it just shares the images. When I was a kid, I loved the chalkboard drawing show. I loved the one, well, you know, your name is Simon. Now I can't sing, but that show meant so much to me because I could see through the chalkboard drawings. I I love chalk to this day. And if you could paint your own world, through chalk, photography, painting, songs, poetry, as his beautiful wife, Marie Radcliffe, wrote, I think that we can paint a better world. So help me welcome Simon, because he's a rare, rare artist. His storytelling, his art, and his life lived well done through his hands and eyes and talent are something we can all aspire to. So take a listen, climb up on the scaffolding, and let's spend time and see what Simon sees. Good morning, Simon. Welcome to Art Root Radio. How the hell are you? Oh, Michelle, I am so well and so lovely to be speaking to you. Can I uh, 
just acknowledge and thank the people of the Hunkaminum language group and in particular Musqueam. Please. Because I, I'm on their traditional and unceded territory and I live, work and make a lot of images here. So I'd just like to say that. Thank you very much for that. Oh, you're so welcome. So how did we, like, how did we meet? How did we meet? Um, we met through our mutual friend, um, April. And um, April had invited me to, I think, some tourism industry conference. And she probably invited you as well or told you about it, or maybe you were just there. And we met. I Was it Fort St. John or was it one of the... Okanagan, I'm not sure. Were you up? Did you go up to Fort St. John? I did, but I have this memory of you and I meeting for some reason in Merritt. Well, we did We did do a project in Merritt, but I already knew you then. Ah. I already met you. The, pro the project in Merritt was for the... Um, oh, my goodness. This is COVID brain. I have to apologize. When I, when I stumble over names of people, it's I had COVID a couple of years ago, and this is the, this is the result. But... Um, you had done a beautiful mural for the the Walk of Stars. Okay. Yeah, and I I was there photographing, and it's it, what I'm having trouble with, and I'm feeling really stupid because he's a wonderful guy, Bill Henderson, Chilliwack. Okay. okay. He was inducted into the, um, the I guess the the Walk of Stars, and he put his hands in the concrete. I was there, and you were there, and. Ah, that's when we were. Well, that's when we were there. What a wonderful weekend that was! You know, it's, it's uh, as you're talking. I'm thinking. I also have COVID brain, as I'm just getting over COVID. But as you're talking, Simon, it really hit me. This is why it's so important that we're collecting stories because I forgot that. And you know, all of the cool things that we've done, like maybe that's so amazing. That, yeah, wow. That was a really special weekend. I, I. I <laughs> so many things are coming back into my my memory as I'm as I'm talking here. Um, yeah, <laughs> thinking about the Desert Inn, and I remember us all in the diner because you know everything life happens in the diners. Yeah, and laughing. I think we laughed for like three days. For I, but honestly, I can't remember why. And I remember April and the. Yeah, I'm going to have to dig out some files because I know we had a lot of fun. Oh, it was wonderful. And I, the, the portrait that I got of Bill that weekend was just, I mean, he still uses it on his Facebook profile occasionally. And I love it when it comes up because I get tagged. And, and it's, it's, it was, yeah, very special. There's so many. April has been just such a wonderful connector over the years with so many people. And uh, I'm, I'm very glad she connected us. Yeah, for sure. So let's tell everybody who's listening. What does Simon see? What does Simon see? What does Simon well, see? I, I, the, 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 for the last, um, I guess, well, 10, 12, maybe, maybe 15 years now, I've worked, um, full time as a, as a photographer, videographer, and, uh, feel incredibly fortunate to do that. And then in the last, I guess it's what, four years now, I've actually got a, a portrait studio in Vancouver, um, and I get to photograph people and try and catch their true essence on mostly digital, but I do still use film. And uh, and then when I'm not doing that and it's not COVID, I'm out 
photographing and filming for the tourism industry, which I still love doing, and driving around the province capturing this, this beautiful place. I think it says on my Instagram account that I uh, capture people and places and the odd bird, and that's kind of what I, that's what I see. But it, it goes beyond, you know, the surface. I, for me, it's about when you're actually working with a client or you're in a landscape, it's actually sort of sucking up the essence of that experience that I I just crave for and can't get enough of. So that's what I do. Well, and, and you do it well because when I look at your, I look at your photos, right, and I mean, for me, I've spent my life in tourism in, in many ways, you know, when you stand on a giant mural and you're standing out like a bird on top of a big oh, tree, yeah. right? You just capture with your eye from this other side. But when I see your portraits, it feels to me that you really, when I study a mural and I use a photo, I can actually feel the essence of that photo. Like when I painted Elvis oh. Presley, like Simon, my heart hurt the whole time I painted him. You capture that and it comes somehow through the photo very rapidly in what you capture. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty esoteric thing when you think about, you know, you're, you're freezing a moment in time in ones and zeros, and then the viewer's looking at that and somehow getting more than just the, the light that was falling on that person. And I, I'm not quite sure I know what that is, but I do absolutely love doing that and you can see it mm -hmm. when you stand with us with, with a subject or sit with a subject and you're photographing them and you can, there's there's a moment um you know joe mcnally talks about the moment it clicks and and with that moment when you click you don't even have to like chirp and look at the back of the camera or whatever it is you're using to to, to capture that moment but but you you just know instantly that's that's the one and I always love to show the subject right there and then. That exact moment, I'll turn the camera around and I'll say, look at that. And it's like, and there you see their faces. It's like, it's quite a moment. And I just, I love that. Well, it, it's spectacular because you're sharing that moment in time. And, you know, artists know when to stop painting or they try to know when to stop painting. And that one brushstroke is that. And you can't share that all the time. You know, somebody will say, how do you know when to stop a painting? And I go, you just do. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard to, to describe what that moment is. But just like you know when that moment is, I feel like, I know when that moment is. And sometimes I'll carry on shooting and there'll be other moments within the session. But you kind of know you got it. And sometimes it can be the very first image. Like It's just like you click it and you go, oh my, I got that right there. And I'll show them and they'll go, holy smokes. And sometimes those sessions get really interesting because the person completely relaxes because they know where well, you got that shot. It doesn't matter what else we get. And then you really start to get those in-between moments. And I, I just love that, that interaction with a subject. And you get it from a landscape as well. I mean, that sounds a bit weird, but you do. Well, I do. I can be like, you know, wherever. I mean, I remember getting up six in the morning and walking out. It was like zero degrees, a little place called Iskut. And there's a, an amazing um, lake up there, Cluishon Lake. And I 
I had that same feeling when I when I clicked the shutter. I just knew that image, like I felt something from the land almost, and that's an amazing thing to experience. I I do understand that. I'm I know COVID has just been kicking us all in the butt. And yesterday, I looked out on my beautiful property, and I'm lucky enough to border on the nation. So I just look over these acres and acres of this amazing land. And, it, you know, well, the light cracked just this little. Simon, it was like you could feel, I get emotional even telling you about it, the joy of the light. And then I posted the picture. It was just, you know, a quick snap that met the world. I, I, I saw it. I saw it on your feed. Well, I loved what you wrote. Well, and did you see the response from people that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that artists, we we do capture time, but we there's a connection in what you are describing that can take that photo 100 years from now. I mean, I paint photos from 100 years ago on a wall, or I used to, I don't anymore, but there's a connection of quantum physics in what we're talking right now. Yeah, I I, I know what you're talking about, and... Uh... And I love all of that stuff. It's, you know, you're, you're the vibrations. I, I, I put a tag on every image, pretty much every image, and it's we are all connected, and that's what I'm referring to. And some people don't know why I put it there, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, this, whether it's the light that you saw yesterday in that beautiful field or whether it's a person standing in my studio or the lake in Isca, we're all connected by that. We're just vibrating energy. That's, that's what we are. I love that. So how has COVID affected? So here's the series that we're trying to do is to explain how important art is as an essential, I don't want to use the word service, as an essential, can't even talk, essential part of our life. How has COVID affected that for you? Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm, there's two parts to that. So let me let me break it down. First of all, um, art and, and life, and in my case, the art is photography. But I, I've done other things over the years, painted and you know, made pens and boxes and crafted stuff. But it's all making things. Um, and and as as part of life for me, making things is is kind of making order out of chaos. That's that's kind of why. I think I do what I do. Um, I remember I was a little boy in school and a teacher came into the classroom and he said, I'm dying. And I mean, we were all totally shocked. I was probably about eight. And he, and he kind of laughed and he said, we're all dying. It's just we don't know when it's going to happen. But from the moment we are born, we're all you know falling to bits. And I, that was quite a profound moment for me. Um, because, I mean, that's true, like, everything is, you know, ask any scientist, it's all decaying. And I think, for me, the art is about freezing the moment and trying to, as I said, make order out of chaos. So, I've kind of done that all my life, um, before I was a full-time photographer, I did it as what we called in Britain an amateur photographer, which I kind of detest that term now, but that's what we called it, amateur photographer. Um, and that, I had always done that. And so then moved into the professional realm. And then when COVID came along, it basically threw my whole 
world upside down. I mean, my income was generated almost 90% from tourism. Even even the portraits that I would, was doing were connections with people in the tourism industry. So, I mean, it just ended. And I was fairly desperate for about a month thinking, well, how am I going to survive this? But now looking back on it, it for me, and I, and I really, I'm very cautious about saying this because I know this has been a horrific event for the world and many people are no longer with us. But for me personally, it hasn't been um, that bad of an experience. And in fact, I think there are aspects of the situation that have made me better. I, it's made me slow down, that's for sure. And I now kind of think about what I'm doing more. And from the creative perspective and from making things, uh, it's made me better at making those things. I've had time to actually practice more and really hone my craft and really look at why I like doing things. If you'd asked me two years ago why I took photographs, I'm not sure I would have said making order out of chaos. But I, hmm. I mean, because of COVID, I've had time to reflect. I have several skills that I've developed during COVID. One of them is meditating. I do that every day. So there's a lot of reflecting there. I've learned how to bake bread. <laughs> As everybody and I, has. And I, yeah, but mine's really good. <laughs> mine's really <laughs> shitty. I, I never mastered that. Mine is insanely good. I have people that line up for my bread, like literally on a weekly basis. Because I'm so pedantic, it's like oh, ridiculous. Man. I measure the water temperature. In it. I mean, it's like crazy science. It's not cooking. It's, it's a science experiment, but the result is pretty good. And then I've, I've learned how to identify birds through their calls and, and their <laughs> awesome. photography of birds. So those are my three really intense COVID skills. Oh, man, I love but it. generally speaking, <laughs> it has made me a better photographer, i got to say. I would have to say, Simon, the same thing. I mean, I remember being absolutely petrified when it all went down and we were affected right away health-wise with members of our family. My husband was working up north. He had to drive from up north. So he was working outside of Watson Lake and and drove across the province and we're all freaked. And no, I mean, it just, it was very much like September 11th feeling. And um, Did he come down the Cassia or the um, Alaska Highway when he came back? I think Alaska Highway. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, panicked. Everybody's panicked, right? And, oh, and, for sure. And, and now looking back and, and looking back at what I've done in my career of helping youth and trying to talk about past trade skills. And I went, holy, like we were made for these times. And I as well, I felt life slowed down because I felt like it was so rapid. You bought, you did. And I now I, and I mean, we had a pretty shitty year this year too. We had to, we were, we had the fires affect us and we had to leave our house. Oh, and, yeah. But you know, I looked at myself very strongly and went, you can handle anything. And I felt somehow my backbone got a little bit stronger. I appreciated my mother, my parents, my grandparents and I, and my children. I went, we have a strength that, you know, I'm almost grateful that my children have had to see 
it. And I'm grateful that I could, and I'm emotional again, that I could see that my children are the warriors that we all come from. So, you know, for yeah, me, you know. Yeah, I, I, definitely, definitely for me. I'm not sure that I would go so far as to say I welcome it. Not when I, I mean, I had COVID. I know you've had it quite recently. I had it two years ago before they knew what it was. And you know, it's been confirmed. But I, yeah, it was pretty, pretty terrifying not being able to breathe. That was, that was a scary time. But, you know what, we're all pretty resilient and, I think that it's more than making the best of it. I think we've got better. I got really tired of this word pivot. pivot <laughs> everyone was telling me, you've got to pivot. You've got to pivot. Yeah. COVID is about pivoting. Pivoting for me is like, you know, you're going in one direction, you move to the other direction. But COVID's been more about, I call it pirouetting. It's like you're constantly moving. You're, it's, you're not, it's not a, I mean, I guess you could say you constantly pivot. But to me, pivot is one term. Pirouetting is like spinning into different, and that's how I see COVID. I've been I've been spinning along um, in different directions. I actually moved um, the last three months, moved my studio to a surprisingly much bigger studio, and uh, I'm doing some stuff with some new partners. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 been it's been an interesting ride, but I I'm I'm happy that I'm where I'm at. I am too. I did. I wouldn't say I, mine was a, not a U-turn pivot. I don't even know what it, mine was a complete halt of, really, my house is going to burn down. I have to move seven horses by myself. My career, basically what I was doing has kind of ended. I can't paint murals like that anymore. Uh, I want to write, and it was like, what? And I just said, okay, mine was just put your gumboots back on. And remember to learn. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was remembering that there's still so much to learn and that we don't really, you know, and being brave again. I have a, a three-year-old granddaughter who is the most brave human I've ever met in my life. Like, she is just feral. And you want to talk about pirouetting, man, you want to see a pink neon tutu on a unicorn that's <laughs> a gorilla. <laughs> that would be my granddaughter, right? But, That's awesome. But, you know, it was remembering to be brave and maybe to get off that, I don't know, staying young and started this podcast. It was terrifying and having to learn again out in public and remembering the girl who climbed up scaffolding with absolutely no skills and painted her first mural with a bunch of kids in 1995. And I felt young again. And it was an amazing thing for me. That would be my I think, experience. I think that the podcast, um, creating the podcast is, is a, is really cool. I, um, as you know, I'm, I'm not doing it right at this minute, but we, my, uh, my buddy Liam and I, we, we started doing a podcast actually right at the beginning of COVID. Didn't again know that it was called COVID, but we were both sick and we were both Liam's idea just to do a podcast and the act of, um, of creating a podcast is a very creative act. I, I, I really did enjoy it. I kind of, I felt like I ran out of steam and who knows, maybe we'll do it again. But I, um, I do, I do like the, the genre. I think it's like the, I don't know if it's the renaissance of, uh, of radio, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely a very cool medium. 
Well, I fought it because my business partner was pushing me. She goes, you need to tell your story. People don't know that your projects were a trade project. They don't know that it started as, you know, infrastructure training, employment training. They just see, you know, and I get hammered that they're colonial. And I'm like, wait a minute, guys. When I started painting murals, you couldn't get on a wall unless you did what you were told. So, you know, all you young people that are doing incredible work, Remember, you stand on the backs of giants in all the arts, you know, the things that were not quite mainstream, right? And I was like, right, right? what do you do? And um, I'm not a strong writer. And, and and then I went, okay, I know how to talk. That's one thing everybody knows about Michelle. And Simon, it was like I could find my scaffolding again. You know, I used to paint with all those kids and all those people. I mean, I've met the scaffolding became almost like an altar and it would be climb up on my scaffolding and that space between that viewer and the, and the wall and the cities and the systems is the place that a lot of people don't know exists. Yeah. And I guess the podcast has become your scaffolding. It It is. And we're actually building a studio on my property. I have a giant because we're doing the satellite project and I have these amazing old satellites that we're trying to reclaim and when you stand in front of them, they resonate. I mean, obviously, that's what they were used for. But it's like music resonates. And we're hoping to make them into public art. And we're doing this cool sunflower project and all that. That's great. But I want to actually have a studio where people who come here can actually climb up scaffolding on my funny farm with the chickens like the dogs were barking before. I don't want, want people to know you painted those murals with a car going by or a woman who stopped and yelled at me and then told me that she came from a German concentration camp and didn't like war murals. Then the kids would talk to her. That exchange, Simon, I believe, is so necessary right now so people can come and tell their stories and not be so afraid if it's not perfect. You know, like we have to, we have to crack the candy shell because I believe COVID has, like the murals did, leveled people. There's not a, really the class. Rich, poor, whatever, we're all going to die if you're, like you said, we're all going to die. And COVID, you know. Yeah, and the podcast is a great leveler. Yeah. And you're just talking and you're just hearing people's stories. That's kind of a lovely thing. It, It really is. And I think for me, I want to have those exposed layers. I want to talk that I learned how to do tourism under the kitchen table, listening to my parents you know, after every mine disaster, every fire, I would hear them. I'd hear my grandparents. This, you know, the skills I have today came from them. I'm just the translator. Yeah, that's an important role. And I think that's what you do with your photos and your tourism work. We're very similar, right? You know. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're telling people stories. I mean, you're, you're giving people the ability to say, that that's me and this is why I was here. I mean, that's... That's what it's about, for sure. And, and I think that's the common thread. I always tell a story that um, when I picked up an orange crayon when I was a shy girl who stuttered, and I painted a, colored a pumpkin, and I was at a some kind of community event in our little town, and my aunt picked up the picture and showed everybody, look how well Michelle colored. Now, trust me, there was orange crayon everywhere, and I still can't color to this day. But I remember being able to have a voice with that orange crayon. When did you get your voice, Simon? When did I get my voice? I 
I think my voice comes and goes. I think sometimes I feel like I, I have it. And other times I'm, I struggle. I, I think I'm like, you know, every artist, I, I go through those, those horrible dark moments where I, I look at an image that I maybe even looked at yesterday and thought, wow, that's pretty good. And then I'll look at it the next day and I'll go, oh, that is just awful what am i who am i trying to fool here that sort of imposter syndrome so i don't know when i go i think i think when i moved to canada um that was like a new canvas for me i mean i grew up in london england i moved i moved in um 84 to marry my wife and i think that move was a real metamorphosis for me I think that's where I, I started to feel differently about who I was. I'd had a fairly um, protected upbringing. I always joke that I was kept on the mantel shelf in a glass jar in cotton wool. And uh, I th that, that ended when I escaped to Canada. And uh, so I would say that the, the journey, the last coming up on 40 years, which I cannot believe, but the last sort of 38 years here have been, yeah, where I've been, who I was supposed to be. Well, that's amazing. And you're a really funny guy. Like, you are a funny guy. So like, I, I've been known to be funny. No, I really quite like when I was telling my business partner that I was being honored by having this discussion with you on my <laughs> podcast. I was like, I can't wait because, you know, there's people in life, and, and, and everybody has a personality, but I I like to have fun. And I think we've forgotten how to fun. I was like, I get to talk to Simon, and he's so darn funny. He's just so funny. Well, I mean, I, I de I'm definitely, I don't think I'm a comedian. I'm a terrible joke teller. Um, but, I, but I do look at things in an interesting way. Sadly, a lot of my humor is politically incorrect, so you're not going to hear it. And for the most part now, it it remains in my brain but um yeah there are there are, life is very amusing i know right you that's why i want you to i hope you continue podcasting because i just see your stories from the road being you know there's just so many funny stories and i think you know people me authentic all those words that are out there right now like you know in tourism and out of tourism you know, and I'm like, could we just maybe have a renewal that everybody has a little bit more light and fun because people just need to have some fun. Oh, for sure. I, that was one of the, there was a project that I had with um, uh, Northern BC Tourism. My buddy Clint up there yeah. had, had me go out with a microphone many times and do the stories from the road. And I, I did love that. that. Those were like... They were audio portraits. Yes. Yes. And you would you'd meet people, and the, the, some of the stuff they would say. I, I mean, I remember all of them, just like I remember them. You know, I've taken well, probably millions of photographs, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of images, and I, I remember, like, if I look at them, I remember the moment, and it's the same with those stories. Road. Some of them are just really really special there was a guy a couple i met up at um boyer lake up on the stuart cafetier once and i remember he was he was talking and describing the lake 
And he said, this lake's like a great piece of music. And every time you, God, I could weep reciting what he said. Every time you hear, hear it, you hear it differently. And it was just... It was just such a wonderful moment. And there's so many, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of those stories, and they're so powerful. I just, That's, I love them. You know, it's I, funny. Yeah. His voice, I just, I just yeah. it's unrelated, but it's kind of funny. My wife and I went to a play in Granville Island, and I could hear this couple talking behind me. I'm like, I know this voice. That's why I turned around, I said, Boy, a lake. The greatest piece of music that never sounds the same, and it was this guy, and he just happened to be sitting right. You know, no way. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes, my god, I love that. Talk about your, um, you know, vibrations of energy, and we're all connected right there. So I was able to introduce him to Maria. It was it was great. It's a lovely couple. Well, and if I if I could redo my career, I mean, I, I, we didn't have cell phones, like you know. I have them in my head. I remember standing in scaffolding wherever I was in any, whatever country, you know, if I could now, maybe that's what I should be painting is snap the people who stopped, like the thousands of people that stopped to talk to me or, you know, to say, is that a sticker? But <laughs> the memories. But wonderful moments. It's oh, really, man. It, it, those, they, uh, hopefully they go on beyond a lifetime, but maybe not. Wow. But anyway, just a lovely, a lovely thing. And I think that those those touch points with people, when you when you feel the other person's humanity, it, it's almost a validation for your own. You know, you you, yeah, I am here and I am alive. There's um, a great scene in the movie Elizabeth, and um, they're talking about you know kingdoms and and all that. And uh, I can't remember which character says the one side and says something about humanity and they go, everybody has to touch something larger than themselves. Yeah, that's for sure. Profound, right? And and when I was in Cuba... For me at five foot six, that's <laughs> every day. <laughs> well, me at almost six feet, <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh God, I'm that syndrome. Well, she's a tall, big girl, isn't she? And I'm like, oh. But you know, it's. I mean, this is radio, so people can't see me. But it says on my business card, "The little guy with the funny accent." I've used that for ever. Uh, Simon, you're not a little guy. You are a big heart. <laughs> so I'm going to say, you know, and it, it is because like, I'm sitting here talking to you, and there's the portraits in our heads, and I remember a man, Route 66. I'm at a little diner with the amazing people driving me around in a little red sports car. For the first visit, we stopped at the Route 66 cafe, and this monstrous man got up, he had long hair and he had giant pink earrings in and he was eating grits and he had this big t-shirt on and I was so intimidated and come over and he says, you painting that mural? And I'm like, yep, that's fine. That was the altercation. A year oh, later, yeah. a year later, I go back. I'm on another mural in Cuba, Missouri. The same man, same earrings, except they were green, came up to me grabbed my hand, got down on one knee and kissed my hand. And he said, you're that lady who puts big faces on the wall. He goes, that's like oh, Buddha. That and, and, and those, those, that's what you do, Simon. You, you capture that. And that's the golden threads along the highways that people need to remember that I believe the infrastructure of this province is in its people. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, and the, and the, and those highways, uh, driving those highways, collecting those stories, whether it's audio or or imagery, um, 
yeah, it kind of makes it real. It's time travel. Because not every not everyone can do it. I mean, I've I've been. I mean, it's an absolute privilege to be able to like, drive the Great Northern Circle route. You know, many times. You mentioned Watson Lake. That's halfway. Um, that that circle route with all of the the, the people that live along the Highway 16 and 37 and down to Stewart. And, I mean, to be able to have gone there and collected those stories, I mean, I want to do it again. I just, I had a call from, um, there's a, a consortium of, of northern communities and I've worked up there a lot. And for the first time in two years, I got a call the other day that the outdoor show down in Vancouver is going to be coming back. And would I be interested? Would I, would I, would I do my little presentation about driving around? I'm like, absolutely. So oh, yeah. I feel, I feel very honored to do that. Wouldn't that be lovely? Because I think about all the seniors that are locked in, like my mother included, who, you know, have really been locked in to be able to share into that view of yours what Simon sees. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, that the, the untapped wealth of stories from seniors, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a senior that I ha- that I talked to that I haven't sort of learned something pretty profound or just been made to feel really kind of amazed by whatever it is that they're saying there. What are we going to say? We're seniors. Total wealth. <laughs> Simon, what are we going to say now that we're um, pre-seniors? Yeah, now that we're seniors. Yeah, I know. That's that's the weirdest thing. It's funny, you know, I when I look in the mirror every morning, I'm like, who the devil is this person looking back at me? Like, it's like, it's not, I don't look out as a senior, but when I see myself or I see an image, someone captures me doing something, you know, candidly, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, what happened? Yeah. I, it's it's kind of bizarre. I don't particularly like that, but that's just the way it is. Not much I can do about it. It's actually, I find it quite shocking sometimes, especially, you know, as a portrait artist, you know, and artists sometimes do the self-portrait and that's like, Oh, maybe I should get into clay and I can lift some of those parts up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Photoshop is your friend, but as I as I got older, there's more and more of that. that I, or I should say, there's less and less of that that I want to do. More and more, I want to do less. I don't like altering images very much. When no. I first started doing portraits, people would say to me, "Oh, can you make me look younger? Can you take this? Out? Can you get rid of these wrinkles?" And I used to do it. Uh, I do it less and less. I just, I want that authentic. This is who you are. My wife gets really mad if I, like back in the day, if I retouched an image of her, she didn't like it at all. She, she, uh, this is, she refers to it as the patina of her life. Oh, know, I she love that. All of those yeah. know, wrinkles. And, I agree with your wife. Image, so. Yeah, I agree with your wife, Simon, too. I think women, men, faces are more beautiful just watching, you know, aging is an incredible, almost palimpsest thing. I, I just, you know, I know, you know, to people who alter that, that's cool, whatever makes you, you. But I just love to see, you know, the sculpture of a face as it ages. It's just incredible. No, oh, for sure. I think, sadly, and I mean, I'm, I'm victim of this as well. You can't get away from it. We're, we're so bombarded with you know, media imagery um, that someone's interpretation of the way we're supposed to look with all of the filters that are on every piece of social media that you care to mention. Um, we, we have a very distorted 
view of who we actually are. Yeah. And I don't really want to feed into that. I, I did a shoot with a, a person a few months ago and they really wanted um, to be massively altered. And it was, it was very difficult to explain to them that, you know, that's not who you are. I mean, I know, like, <laughs> you think about, like, Rembrandt, and, I mean, he wasn't popular in his lifetime because he made people, you know, really look who they were. And uh, yet we now look at those images and they're absolutely amazing because you know you're, you're looking at the real, the real deal. I, f I felt that when I was doing the portrait of all the celebrities. Because, yeah. yeah, so I would get a photo. The photo was retouched. I would see them in person. I would try to paint them from what I saw them when I would spend time with them, but they wanted it to look like the photo. It was like a real mind warp. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, there's there's a good reason for that. I mean, particularly for women, but I mean, it's also true of men. It, it I mean, I think it might be getting a little bit better, but I mean, I don't know. This isn't my story, but I know that women had a real tough time getting mature roles. They. Yeah. Media moguls didn't think women should look like the way they looked on screen. And I mean, I watched a movie recently, and I'm having one of those brain fart moments, but um, the actress didn't wear any makeup. Very famous, Judy Dench. Oh, Thank yeah, you. yeah. And Judy was wearing like zero makeup, just a marvelous, marvelous movie. And uh, I mean, she's what eighty something, and she looked absolutely beautiful, magnificent woman. So yeah. Well, you can't compete with Mother Nature. Let's just say that's the same as on. Um, there's Michael on A Star Is Born. You know, Lady yeah. Gaga. I mean, they made her. She wanted to wear makeup, and there's a great story that says she came out with just a little bit, and they sent her back and said no makeup. And when you get to see that moment of seeing Lady Gaga. I mean, the woman is incredibly Barbara Stranson yes. gorgeous. Like, yeah, yeah. So you know, I think, and and I think maybe that's why we're so blessed as as artists, because as makers, as you know, to see that maybe that's what Simon sees, and that's why you do what you do, Simon, and that's why I invited you here, because you are a master at what you do, and I know we all have that imposter thing that goes on in our brains. But from another artist who spent her life struggling to make her life as a creative, and I know we all know that's that's a chaotic thing through your whole life. That at the end of the road, you're like, I did that. Yes, <laughs> you are a master at what you do, Simon. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. That means a lot. I appreciate that. So, thank you for spending time with me today. And um, oh, my pleasure. Please keep doing your podcast, your stories, and um, it's important stuff that you're doing, Simon. So let's talk again, or you could do a podcast takeover. I would love to be on your podcast, but I think you've got a lot of stories to collect. I shall definitely be doing that. Thanks so much, Michelle. All right. You have an absolute fabulous day, and let's, uh, let's share some laughter on our COVID farts. We'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love you lots. Bye. Bye now. I, I, yeah, art, root, blue. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, art, root, blue.
Blue. 